Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold Mock Draft Edition. Um, we we felt bad that our first round of mock drafts was was so early that we just had to do it again. A lot has changed. There's a new team at the top of the draft. The Saints now have defensive tackles on the roster. And I think our, our mock drafts reflect that. Because uh, I don't think there's a single... I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure there isn't a single defensive tackle pick in either of our mock drafts for the first three rounds. Which, if you had asked me that three weeks ago, I would have been like, what? But I think... You have seen them make moves that make you feel a little less crazy at defensive tackle. Totally agree. I went into, again, this one going, yeah, defensive tackle is still a big need for me, but was surprised of how the whole board ended up playing out. And I had a lot of questions, obviously, about the selections ahead of me in round one. But with the PFF simulator, had no control over what happened. And uh, just roll with it, obviously. Yeah, so we're just going to go through Steve's first, and then and then we'll get to mine. Uh, both of these, we we did it separately, but as I, you know, and so some of the picks the PFF threw out there are a little different. But yeah, we had the pro, pro football focus simulator kind of give us the order of the first round draft picks, and then we make the Saints pick, and then it continues, make the second round pick and the third round pick. One of these times, we'll have to push it out a little farther, but it's just, I'm not going to pretend that I can, tell you who the saints are going to pick in the fifth round of this draft. Like, I don't even know half the names on the board at that point. So it would just be for fun if anything, but how did you feel this mock? Like, what was your kind of, what was your mindset going into this mock draft? Steve? Right away. Again, like I said, I thought defensive tackle was still at the forefront. I want to continue to beef up the D line. There's still a need there. Running back to me wasn't something I thought of at all. I'd be even dreaming of in round one. But when arguably a top five draft talent falls to you that far, I think I, I couldn't help but pull the trigger on Bijan at, at that position. But if you go through here, even in the mock draft uh, round one, I was like, what is Atlanta doing? They're, they went quarterback again early on. And, and that one threw me off right away. And I was like, all right, we're going to have fun here. Yeah, so I think the quarterbacks in this are going to be interesting because I've been saying this for a while now. I think C.J. Stroud is the top quarterback. I don't know if the Panthers agree with me, but I think if you're trading up to number one overall, it's hard. I, I just can't. You can't sell me on a 5'10 quarterback. You just can't do it, especially at number one overall. Like if you were the Texans and you're sitting at number two and Stroud goes number one and you're like, yeah, okay, Bryce Young, we're going to see what happens. I just like if I'm if I made that big trade up, Oh, like I just I don't know. I, I think that the track record of of five ten quarterbacks in the NFL isn't great. But either way, Bryce Young goes number one here, followed <laughs> by Stroud of the Texans, and then you have kind of the Jalen Carter question of does he fall at all 
based on this off the field stuff. And he also, I don't know if he was distracted or whatever. He didn't really look that great in his workouts and in some of his, his pro day stuff. So, you know, who knows, maybe he does drop a little bit in this draft. I don't think you would consider this a drop. I think Tyree Wilson is arguably, you know, if you're going quarterback one, two and four, which is the case here with Anthony Richardson and the Colts, Hmm. you know, you're either going at three or five, if you're Jalen Carter. And so five is not like a, uh, you know, a drop to me, but the Seahawks get a steal in my opinion. Yeah. Top tier. Like obviously a guy that could be number one overall if everybody wasn't so quarterback crazy, but it just really amazes me. I I don't know why the Detroit lions aren't mentioned more in this QB race for anyone, because I don't, I don't know. I've never been a believer in golf and, and it just seems like the lions and their, the folks around there seem to be, and I, I don't get that. I'd be, I'd be, I thought for sure they'd they'd want to target something in free agency to at least push Goff even further, and they they've done nothing. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah when I talked to him, he had him taking a quarterback with their second pick, um, okay. but at that point it was Anthony Richardson, and I think we've seen people fall in <laughs> love with Anthony Richardson to a ridiculously fault. right. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see here if you're the if you're the Falcons is you might try to f- trade up to number four. If you really want Anthony Richardson and you because you might not feel like he will get past the Seahawks and the Lions and the Raiders, all of whom could draft a quarterback. And if you're the Falcons and Anthony Richardson makes a heck of a lot of sense for Arthur Smith's offense, where he basically treats the quarterback like a running back, who better than that guy? And so um, I think that's something that that I'd be on the lookout for is the Falcons trying to get up to four, because if you're the Colts and you're not sold on Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, and you can just get a killing and then move down and get, you know, pieces. And then next year, come back in a much more QB heavy draft. I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's much you, more, but you think Atlanta be so willing to move on already from Ritter. He's third round pick. Yes. If you can, if, if you feel like these guys, one of these guys is your, is your future cornerstone quarterback. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I mean, you might still start Ritter this year. And hey, you know, if if Ritter ends up being the guy, great, you have two. You know, like I, I think in in the position you you don't get into the top ten very often, even when you're bad, right? Like, so if you have a chance to go get a guy, I think you could see it. Either way, we're gonna keep going. I know Zach Streif will be happy. Peter Skaronsky is ahead of Paris Johnson this time. I know in the last mock draft he gave you a hard time and you had to remind him that we didn't actually make these boards. Yeah, and then he made sure to let me know too that PFF sucks. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and so, yeah, you have Will Levis going to the Falcons, Paris Johnson to the Eagles, Miles Murphy, Devin Witherspoon, Quentin Johnson. This is interesting to me. I don't think there's any way the Patriots pass on Jordan Addison if he's there at 14. You would think, right? I mean, you, you keep hearing a lot of whispers now about them maybe going after Odell, uh, also in the running for DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, the, the Pats definitely need wide receiver help for show. You got to get somebody. Kalaja Kansi goes, uh, that's pretty early. He goes to the Bucks. Yeah, that was a Jackson name Smith and Jigba. in the Saints range at that, that 29 pick. Yeah, I'm surprised to see him go that early. And then Brian Brzee goes at 24. I don't think, I think he flipped that. But either way, it's they're, they're off the board before the Saints get to him. Drew Sanders. And then, yeah, as you you kind of spoiled this pick already, Bijan Robinson. So wh- why did you go with Bijan here? I think that's an unlikely decision if the Saints go with a running back. But hey, who knows? I, I do too. The fact that though that this guy that 
like I said, could arguably be a top five draft board, you know, talent has fallen to you this far. And it's an, it's still a position of need, even with the addition of Jamal Williams. I, I can argue that, you know, you still need the influx of new young talent and you don't know how long the Camara suspension is going to be, when it's going to come, what's going to happen there with him. But yeah, I, I, to me, as hard as it was, because you see two picks later, a guy like Osiris Torrance, where I wanted a, the interior of that the offensive line would be a great need, I, I would say, and I didn't get anybody, honestly. I didn't get a D lineman or an offensive lineman in my mock draft. But he was definitely someone I consider. But the the explosiveness and the ability of what Bijan could bring to this Saints offense was just too damn enticing. And I know it was more of a luxury pick than really – you would say a a need or a wise pick at this point, but I I just think the talent is is way too much to be there at twenty nine overall. I just think the way the Saints value running back is just you would have to be, I mean like this if this was like a Saquon Barkley that's that's one thing. Uh, I just don't see them like they like they feel like they can get running backs in the mid round. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick, right? Yeah. Um, no, late, later on in the draft, you know, when I ended up making that yeah. pick too for in my third round, I was like, oh, look at all these running backs that are still here. And I was like, well, you're not going running back again, obviously. Right. Okay. So your your pictures only went out through the first round. So I wrote out the rest here. Um, you know, I'll just kind of go through them. Mozzie Smith, that's an interesting one. He went number 37 to the Seahawks. Jameer Gibbs went right before the Saints, which is funny because in reality, I think if you get to the second round and Jameer Gibbs is on the board, the Saints might take him. But in this mock draft, you already took B. John Robinson. So right. there was a 0% chance you're taking Jameer Gibbs. And the Panthers apparently wanted Jameer Gibbs based on PFF. Who knows? But it, you went with Josh Downs, a wide receiver out of North Carolina. <laughs> Why was that? That's another one where I was like, you know what? I'm going nuts already. Taking the running back in round one. Let's get really kooky. Uh, getting a slot receiver, another toy for uh Derek Carr in this offense to play with uh love the speed I know he's undersized but the explosive abilities I'm just in fantasy land thinking of how Carr and also like a Pete Carmichael Jr. would be able to take advantage of using him and um yeah like I said it was it went off the rails in the first round so I was like let's really go kooky here with Mozzie uh that was my first round pick actually and the uh, and my mock draft 1.0. Yeah, but yeah, obviously they've changed their roster a little bit since then. So I think that uh, uh, an adjustment makes sense. Daywan Jones is an interesting one. I could see the Saints trying to bring him in. Darnell Washington is a guy I got in the third round of our first mock draft. And I think, you know, justifiably so, his stock has risen based on people got to see him at the combine and were like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, he, he doesn't get past the Falcons here. Yeah, that um, was that was definitely one where I look back on things and kind of like, ooh, that kind of hurt. I might want to have taken Washington there over Downs. I don't think you you would go tight end in the second round either. I, I mean, but it's like you look at it and it's just interesting that he's now ahead of Luke Musgrave on this kind of pecking order, which wouldn't have been the case before. There's Kayshawn Booty going to the Cowboys. Guy can't jump. And then we're on to round three. So we get to number 71. And this one surprised me. The Raiders get Hendon Hooker, and it's like you tilted, and we're like, I recognize that name. I'm going with him. Yeah, I, th I figured looking at the talent pool that was up there that 
Uh, Rick's provided me an outside corner. You can never have too many good cover guys kind of thing. And and that, the only problem is, you know, he really hasn't honestly played that much. I doesn't have that much experience, but I do like the size of the corner. And I think that he has decent speed uh, that would translate into the, into the NFL, but yeah, no, nothing that like this, this 2.0 mock draft isn't what I'm waving around all proud of. I definitely feel like everything, everything really went askew with getting Bijan in round one. And even though I was all like chest out proud of it to begin with, but there's just so many other things that I think I, that need to be addressed. Namely, like I said, that D line is still important. And I just didn't, I didn't get that at all. And I didn't get any, and I didn't get a guard for this offensive line, which hurt. Yeah, I think Sam Laporta is going to be an interesting one to watch. I think you could go tight end in the third round, and he's a guy who tested off the charts. Iowa was basically a tight end factory, so that's that's one that I would keep an eye on going down here. And just to be clear, I don't know if we said it out loud, and so for the actual podcast listeners, Steve Took at number 71, Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Alabama, formerly of LSU. And this past season, I think LSU actively tanked his draft stock because he got toasted. <laughs> in that game that the LSU actually beat Alabama and he, he looked bad in that game. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I think his, his best game might've been his first game for Alabama this year, honestly. No, he's got talent. You know, he, here, here is in, here's the other one. So I think not taking, taking a running back already. It doesn't really matter. Tajay Spears goes number 97 here. I think this is the first time you see him kind of climb up into the third round of these mocks, but I do think right. he, he could very well go in the in the top three rounds. So here's the picks. 29, B. John Robinson, 40, Josh Downs, 71, Eli Ricks, and that is your three-round mock draft from Mr. Steve Geller. How do you feel about it? Uh, I, I thought that the PFF grades were a lot better than I thought I, I had on it. I, I would obviously love to see a guy like Bijan in the Saints offense, but don't think that's realistic and and don't feel like he, he would be around that late. It would, if that were the case, shoot, the saints might be able to get a nice little hole back in some draft picks and move down just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with you. So mine looks a little different than yours, but it, it'll still work. So yeah. uh, it stayed the same at the top, Bryce young, CJ Stroud, Tyree Wilson, Anthony Richardson, but where it changed in, in the mock draft for me is you can see Christian Gonzalez to the Seahawks, cornerback out of Oregon at number five. In your mock draft, it was Jalen Carter. As you can see, in this mock draft, he fell. So you got Will Anderson at number six to the Lions, Peter Skaronsky at number seven, and Zach Streif's going to be thrilled. Will Levis to the Falcons again. So, you know, that's a, that's a popular, trendy pick is Will Levis to the Falcons at number eight. Then Paris Johnson at number nine. And then the Eagles with the Saints pick at number 10 take Jalen Carter that would be that would be hard to stomach if you as as someone who knows where they got that pick that they end up getting who uh, the player I would argue was the best player in this draft at number 10 a guy who could if, if there was a team at the top that didn't need a quarterback Jalen Carter could be number 1 and they're getting him at number 10 because because of the off the field circumstances so the rich get richer in that respect but what do you what do you think about that i know you're no, the resident no, eagles kind fan. of am, i was just amused that he's actually tumbled that far even in a you know mock simulator kind of deal yeah i agree and i and i still i still feel like 
it's hard for me to believe he gets by the Falcons. But the Georgia connection, they're going to, you know. Ryan Nielsen, right? But if they love Will Levis, they love Will Levis. Uh, And so that's the only way I think he gets past the Falcons is if they do take a quarterback. I I didn't even realize that. Both our mocks have the Falcons taking Levis. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trendy pick. This one's interesting to me, too, is Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to the Texans at number 12. And it seems early, and it's definitely early. But the thing to remember is in this mock, the Texans also ended up with C.J. Stroud. And I think that it's an interesting an interesting pick because, you know, you look at what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were able to do, kind of bringing that college connection to the pro level and how quickly they were able to, to thrive. And it's because they had that comfort already coming in. And I think this is an interesting – like, I think you're going to see – some more teams try that when they do take a quarterback and his wide receiver is right there. Why not? You know, if you're going to go after a wide receiver, go after him at 12. And uh, that's going to, that's an interesting one. I think it's going to throw off the scale of the receivers if that does happen. No, I agree. It makes total sense because you, you talk about that relationship, being able to complete each other's sentences kind of thing, uh, that being on the same page. And if you have that rapport that was so great, to that you you want to continue to work with somebody in the NFL, they can just take it to a new level. Obviously, what what Burrow's been able to do with Chase has that been ridiculous? Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I don't think it's surprising what they were able to do together. It's surprising how quickly they were able to do it, and it's because right. they had three years in college where they had already they basically already knew exactly what each other was going to do, and you just bring that to the NFL, and it's another step. They also happen to be extremely prolific in college, which. You know, it's not like you're bringing in a guy who like caught like like you're bringing in Derek Carr, Foster Morrow, and it's like, oh yeah, well, you know how how much can you expect? It's like okay, Jamar Chase had 20 touchdowns this junior season at LSU, or sophomore season rather. I think these five picks are interesting to me. You start at 19 with the Bucks, and they go with Bijan Robinson, and I could see that happening. They moved on from Leonard Fournette. They signed, oh oh, who did they sign? Chase Edmonds. They signed Chase Edmonds. Not exactly a guy you're worried about. They have Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, I, I think that they could easily end up with Bijan here. The only issue with that pick is I don't think the, the Bucks are ready to win right now. But if you're going for that one-year tank and you're hoping to come out with Caleb Williams next year and you can also give him Bijan Robinson, a guy who's probably not going to tilt you toward wins as a rookie the way that some other guys might, I could see it happening. Anyway, next pick, Brian Brzee, a guy who I think if he gets to the Saints, you have to take. Kalijah Kansi goes at number 22 to the Ravens. And then Jordan Addison goes at number 23. You know, these are two premier defensive tackles that you're not, that you don't have a chance at. And that, right. and I think changes the equation for the Saints a little bit. Yeah, I was really surprised how mine ended up falling too, where none of those big D linemen, those interior dudes were around for me. And it kind of, it, it did throw me off. So first tight end off the board here, Dalton Kincaid to the Cowboys at 26. I think that's a, that's a reasonable pick. They they moved on from Dalton Schultz, and they need they need somebody in there. I could see it being him. You and uh, if you look one, at number one, Dalton with another, yes. And if you look at number twenty eight, Josh Downs goes to the Bengals. So if you are wondering whether you got good value in your pick in the second round, there's some people out there who think Josh Downs could be a first round pick. So uh, I didn't have a chance at him. So uh, look at it that way. But the guy I did have a chance at, and the guy I was very tempted to take in my last mock draft, but I took Anthony Richardson because he fell to me. The only other person I considered here was Mozzie Smith, but I I don't think 
defensive tackle is as much of a need now that I'm going to overvalue that position in my grades the way that I would prior to signing Colin Saunders and prior to signing Nathan Shepard and prior to signing Malcolm Roach back on a new deal. So I'm going Osiris Torrance. I think he's the best player available. He's the top interior offensive lineman in this draft. And you now have premium depth behind either Cesar Ruiz or Andres Pete. You can no, you cannot go into a season expecting Andres Pete to be healthy. I think you're going to keep him around. But now if he if and when he goes down, you have a top tier guard who you're projecting as the, the kind of the starter of the future. And so when you're without Andres Pete, you might you might honestly be getting an upgrade for that period of time when you put him in there. So I think it's a no-brainer if this is the way the draft board goes and you end up with Osiris Torrance and you feel good about it. That said, fans will go ballistic if the Saints take another interior lineman in the first round. And I'm just going to tell you you're wrong because this would be a great pick for them. Yeah, uh, definitely known as one of those another road grader from for the big boys up front, which is a, a definite need uh, for the team. You know, the the best part about this, Jeff, is the fact that you know we go through these. I like to see you know what ends up in that pool of picks for me. What kind of you know guys are around when you're picking too? Because you start to see a few names that are consistently picking up in that range where you get that. I guess you call it the cone of 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 picks, the cone of talent yeah. you're looking at that could end up filling in uh, some kind of need at pick number 29. Because I think that you can get sort of, you know, hone in that dartboard pick with your first round selection. But yeah, doing doing anything longer, we're really uh, having shots in the dark in these later rounds. Obviously, the next the next couple rounds, but a first round pick, even at pick number 29 you kind of get an idea of really what could be there. Yeah, I mean, I think you can project the second round pretty well. But yeah, once you get to the third round, it's all it's all guess. <laughs> so you have Michael Mayer coming off the first pick of the second round here, tight end out of Notre Dame. I like that pick for the Steelers. Drew Sanders, linebacker, goes to the Cardinals at 34. Uh, you know, these are interesting picks. The Raiders pick up Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. So they would be effectively pairing two Alabama running backs with Josh Jacobs and Jameer Gibbs. They have Josh Jacobs on a franchise tag. So, you know, maybe this is like the, hey, we're bringing in, they're bringing in this guy and it spells like, okay, we can move on from Josh next season. Either way, that's an interesting pick to me. Darnell Washington goes at 39. So even if I wanted Darnell Washington again, I could not get him. And I'm not taking him in the first round. And to be to be honest, I wasn't going to take him in the second round. <laughs> I liked him in the third round. I don't like him in the second round. I think there's too many tight ends on the board to take a tight end in the second round. But this is kind of a pick out of left field for me, but you know, there's a reason I made all of these picks, or at least there is a subplot that I'm gonna get that I'm gonna mention at the end. And so I went with us Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame. And I know the defensive interior is something I've talked a lot about, but I also think you need to get more athletic at the edge rusher position. And you know, you have a new defensive line coach. I think he's gonna want to bring in his guys. And I think this is just a high caliber pick. You know, he's a team leader, he was at the senior bowl. He's very athletic. He can kind of, you know, who knows how much longer Cam has in him. And so this is a guy who you can kind of put in a rotation. And I don't know what your expectations are with Peyton Turner, but this is going to push him at the very least. And I, I like the pick at 40. I, I like a guy like Foskey. And I think, 
you can never have too many edge rushers, in my opinion. No, you need you need somebody definitely to push Peyton Turner. So, so I like that move there for sure, just because injuries are one thing, Jeff. But when we're seeing healthy scratches during the season, that's that's going to make me be a lot more concerned about his development. I'm not writing him off yet, but this is definitely a huge season for Peyton Turner. And yeah, I, I love the idea of bringing in. Um, another body to challenge him there. I felt like Davenport was that dude, but he's not around anymore. A uh, person like Foskey, though, like you mentioned too, with Cam Jordan's not getting any younger either. So beefing up that D line, still huge, still important, obviously. Yeah. And if you need to get any information on Isaiah, Brian Kelly's right up the road. You know, he, <laughs> he obviously coached him in college. So I think that that's a, uh, that is a mine of information that you could get to pretty easily. And, uh, you know, I, I like the pick, personally. I, I, as I should, I made it. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver at the Tennessee. B.J. Ojolari was one who I was considering. Uh, he ended up going 43 to the Jets, obviously, edge rusher at LSU. But I think he's more of an outside linebacker than a, than a, than a defensive end. I don't think he has the bulk. And I, watched, I was watching him at the Senior Bowl, and, like, he was getting around people. Like, he's got speed rushes, but he was kind of getting bullied. I don't think he's big enough to be a traditional – four, three defensive end. Um, and I think that's the one difference when I was trying to make a decision between BJ and Isaiah is I think Isaiah has the size and strength necessary. And I'm not sure BJ has it, but I mean, like in a three, four, I think he could, he could eat. And, you know, that's just kind of when you go through a draft, it's not always about who the best player is. It's about who is the best player that fits what you're trying to do. And I think that's that's a good uh, a good difference there in terms of like who might take BJ versus who might take Isaiah. Moving on, Daywan Jones, interesting pick again. It's another draft where Luke Musgrave went after Darnell Washington, so I think that kind of that tier has been reset. Sam Laporta, you know, so a lot of tight ends going in the second round. See so going down, Derek Hall at number sixty one. I've I've seen a, him be a popular pick, and then the Eagles get Siaki Ika at sixty two and. When I passed on defensive tackle in the second round, I was kind of hoping that Ika might drop to me in the third round because I do want him, but my grade's not high enough to take him over a guy like Isaiah. So, you know, I think this is a frustration for me here. And so I think it kind of sent me tilting a little bit in terms of what my next pick is because I just don't see another interior defensive lineman on the board that I like in the third round. Who knows? Anyway. You'd, you'd be on the phone with the Bears trying to jump ahead of the Eagles then to try and get them. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that happening, right? Like, if you're the Saints and you really want this guy, and he's kind of the last defensive tackle on that tier. Yeah, I could see them trying to move up in the third round, and I would, and I would advocate for, for it. I think that's where you want to see trades. Moving up in the first round is tough. It's so expensive, and uh, you you have to nail it. Whereas in the third round, it's not going to cost as much. And it's really just a way to make sure you're not guessing. And so I could see that happening. I think that's a good point. Going to the third round, Zach Charbonnet. So the running backs are starting to come off. That's number 67 of the Broncos. And so I get to a guy that I really, really like a lot. I don't know if the Saints are going to go this route. But if they do, this is a pick I would love for them to make. It is Nathaniel Dell. His nickname is Tank. So you can go Tank Dell, number 71, wide receiver out of Houston. I watched him at the Senior Bowl a lot and he was just not being guarded by anybody like and when i say that i mean people were trying to guard him they were not able to do it like he was just getting crazy separation he's just you know he's not 
He reminds me a little bit of Amon Ross St. Brown, another guy I really liked coming out of USC, where you know he's not physically imposing. He's not the greatest athlete in the world. He's not the fastest guy, but he just understands how to get open, understands how to use his body and make catches. And I think if you were able to do this and you bring him in and you have a premier slot receiver, you have Chris Olave, you have Rashid Shahid, and then you know you see what you get out of Mike Thomas. And if you get a all-pro type season out of Mike Thomas, fantastic. That's a win for you. It's a good problem to have. If you don't and you have to move on from Mike Thomas this year, you go forward feeling very, very good about your wide receiver depth. And so that's why I could see them going wide receiver here. Yeah, I definitely think the team will address wide receiver in the draft. It's it's more of a need, I think, than folks might think just because you address the position in round one last year doesn't mean you're done building, I think, especially when there are still questions. Obviously, great, Michael Thomas is back, but there is still questions of obviously what does he contribute? What is he able to contribute what is he healthy enough to contribute kind of thing? So I definitely still see wide receiver as a, a need in this draft because um, what they had in guys, we, we've seen what, you know, your Marquez Callaways have done kind of thing. And, and adding more young top, you know, upper tier guys that you in the get, get in the second or third round kind of deal is more important, I think, for building depth on this roster for the long haul. Sorry, I have two cats fighting in the corner of the room. Um, no, I agree fight. with a lot of that. Um, so if you keep going, Eli Ricks goes at 74. So if you were wondering what your value was like with that third-round pick in that in your mock draft, he goes only a few picks later in this mock draft. So, you know, you weren't reaching, per se. Um, it's really just a question of whether the Saints would, would add another cornerback, which feels like too much of a luxury at this point, because considering you did it last year in the second round. Yeah, like um, I said, my 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 whole thing went cuckoo bananas after that first round, and when I'm seeing the, those running back names pop up in the third round, even of your there you go, boom, a chain. That's another dude, great value here in the third round. And I spent obviously, you know, you see that spending a first round pick on a running back in round one on a Bijan, where there's no denying the talent there, but it's like there's so many you can get so much va- better value later down the line, kind of thing. I agree. Um, and so these are this is an interesting round, in my opinion, in terms of the quarterback. So you you were asking about the Lions. They didn't go for a quarterback there in the first okay. round, but they end up bringing in Hendon Hooker here. And I could see that being something they go. I think someone's going to draft Hendon Hooker in the third round. And it's going to be he's going to be a guy that you try to develop. Um, and so that would make sense. If you're if you do want you, you are comfortable with Jared Goff. You do like Jared Goff. You can bring in a Hendon Hooker and have him sit on the bench and learn and maybe two, three years from now. When you're ready to move on from Jared Goff, he's ready. So I think that's a good pick. The other interesting one, the next pick, number 82, the Bucks go with Tanner McKee. Man. And this would be kind of fascinating because he would go into a, a room with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield, and any of them could start. <laughs> but the Bucks might also pick the worst option just because they want to lose. Yeah, I don't I don't understand a lot of their signings and what direction they think they're going right now. Nope. Uh, well, I think they're going down. I think they think they're going down, and they should be. Uh, okay, Jacqueline Roy, the LSU guy, goes to the Dolphins at number 84, defensive tackle. Um, Jordan Battle, safety out of Alabama, another guy I liked, is gone. This is one that, that threw me for a loop. And number 89, the Giants take Trey Palmer. And yeah. I like Trey Palmer. 
I was watching him, another guy at the senior bowl who I was watching and like, he's as fast as they come, doesn't have great hands, but like, and I was like, man, maybe the saints can grab him as a UDFA. And for some reason he's now flying up to the third round, which, you know, as a, as a, someone who watches the giants, I, I think it's like, they do like LSU receivers and he is a former LSU receiver. He obviously is listed on here as Nebraska, but that was only his last season where he, he caught I think 70 passes, thousand yards. Um, and so maybe that's what this is. The giants have a tendency to go after LSU wide receivers and, and that's what it is. But that surprised me a lot to even see him in the third round at all. No, definitely a name. I always remember, you know, coach O for whatever saying Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer. Yeah. He's got the wheels faster than a, I don't know. What's, what's the Cajun term for uh, you know, June bug or something. I don't know. Faster, faster than a June bug. Anyway. All right. Luke Schoonmaker, tight end out of Michigan. He's interesting to me. Panthers get him at 93. You know, very athletic. Surprisingly athletic for a guy named Schoonmaker. Um, <laughs> just sounds like a slow name. Uh, but he's him and Sam Laporta, I think, are very interesting. The Eagles grab Dorian Williams at 94. Kid at linebacker at a two-lane, who I really like. That's surprising and to he, see him that high, huh? No, I think third round is good for him. I think that's about okay. where you would see him go. Maybe fourth round, but... Um, no, he he impressed a lot of people, I think, in the combine, and he ran a four five forty, which that's uh, that's pretty good. And then here here you go, just like in your draft, the comp picks show up, and the 49ers end up with Tajay Spears. I think this is kind of like the 49ers take a take a running back in the third or fourth round every year. Sometimes in both, they just do it. Last year it was Ty Davis Price. The year before that they took Trey Sermon and Eli Mitchell, and then Trey Sermon, who they took in the third round, they cut. Like, it's just for whatever reason. It's like they have this, like, quota that they have to take a shot at a running back every year. And in this draft, it's Tajay Spears. And that's a bummer to me because you see it getting to pick 100, and you're like, man, if, you know, right. Saints might be able to nab him in the fourth round, but he, he is not available. And so that's the end of my mock draft. As you can see, number 29, Osiris Torrance, number 40, Isaiah Foskey, edge rusher out of Notre Dame, number 71, Nathaniel Tank Dell, wide receiver out of Houston, and I see you're, I, you know, I was tempted to take Mozzie Smith at number 29. I was tempted to take BJ Ojolari and, or Luke Musgrave, the tight end at Oregon State at number 40. And I was tempted to take Hendon Hooker in the third round. I passed on him. Uh, and then Chris Smith out of Georgia is still a guy I like. I've, I've liked him the entire time. But Ojolari was a senior bowl guy too or no? Yes. And if you hadn't noticed, that is the main difference, right? So, in the first the first mock draft, I ended up taking Anthony Richardson, Siaki Ika, and Darnell Washington. None of those guys were at the Senior Bowl. And at the time, I was like, man, I'm going to get all these wrong because <laughs> the Saints just love Senior Bowl guys. Like every free agent they're bringing in, Lonnie Johnson, Jonathan Abram, both Senior Bowl guys, uh, Nathaniel Shepard, Colin Saunders, both Senior Bowl guys. Like every pass rusher on the Saints right now went to the Senior Bowl. Like – it's not a coincidence. That's not they, at all, they right? Value it highly. And so this time around, I went with all three senior bowl guys. <laughs> no, Osiris uh, Torrance, Isaiah Foskey, Tank Dell, all at the senior bowl. Oh man, you are you are like the senior bowl special. Yep. I can't uh, yep, say, yep, yep, yep. That's not a bad thing to be. <laughs> not if you want to get them right. Right. <laughs> if like you could make an argument that those are not the best picks and they could have picked better people. But if you want to, if you want to get the picks, right. You're taking dudes from the senior bowl. 
Yeah, I mean, you, one, you, you better have at least one in there. I was going to say the likelihood at least one of those three they're taking. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's the end of my mock draft. So if you remember, so so obviously I had Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida, Isaiah Foskey, edge rusher at Notre Dame, Tank Dell, wide receiver at Houston. Steve took Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, Josh Downs, the running back, I'm sorry, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, and Eli Ricks, the cornerback out of Alabama. I like my I like my picks better. Yeah, I, I, like I said, mine was so funky and weird. I was tempted to redo it, and then I was like, you know what? Just stick with it. Yeah, I mean, like I the way I look at mock drafts, it's like, you know, I, I joke about being right, but it's like I think it's less about being right and more just kind of like going down like rabbit holes of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's on the board right now? Who would I take and why? You know, like that's why I like doing the the different boards between yours and mine because like we we're making different decisions. Every time the board comes up, it's a little different. And you might, like, if Anthony Richardson is there at 29, I might still take him. I get that you signed Derek Carr, but, you know, it's it's too much of a value. He might not like it, but this is my mock draft, not Derek's. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just came from a situation, obviously, where it was all talked about wanting to feel loved and wanted and everything. And that'd be kind of shitty that if you you come in and right away first round of the draft, Saints are taking a quarterback. <laughs> that'd be pretty rough. Beat them, right? Don't no, let I them be you. better than you. Anyway, that's it. That's the second mock draft. We'll definitely do at least one more before the draft comes around. Um, but I, I think that we've we've adjusted a good bit in terms of who's been brought in, and these are the answers to today's trivia question. Yeah, and overall, in general, in free agency, you got to be impressed with what the Saints have been able to do. Everybody was all worried about, once again, another season of being in cap hell. And now you look at their salary cap numbers, and I believe they are got the most uh, top five or at least top ten in amount of space they have to sign people right now. I'm sorry. Was that a question? I, I was uh, looking at the. I just know the Saints. You know, obviously, all after worrying about their salary cap room, suddenly now where where we stand, I, they're thinking they're in the top five or at least top ten of of salary cap available space. Yeah, they're in the middle of the pack, and and I mean, like, I don't I don't think anyone locally was super concerned about their ability to create cap space. <laughs> like, we all knew what was going to happen, and we're there again i do think that like there's this idea that they have 14 million they have to spend 14 million i don't think they do like they they do have to sign their draft class right but like if you have money against the cap available to you then you get that next year it's credited to you toward next season so like it wouldn't be the end of the world if they just i think you do want to have some money in reserve so if someone goes down in training camp and all of a sudden you have to go sign somebody you have it Right, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're done making moves, at least like significant. But all right, but that's let's wrap this up. We've been on here forever, and uh, we still want to do a mailbag. So let's wrap that segment up. Those were our mock drafts. Hopefully, you 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 have already torn them apart because they will both be wrong. And uh, we're gonna come back and hit the mailbag, a real quick one, since we're already almost 90 minutes into this thing. We will be right back. 